up, everybody? Nay Sarantino here, back with another episode of the Guided Spirits Podcast. And um, I have a guest on today, and his name is George Michaud. Uh, introduce yourself. Hello. So uh, I met George a long time ago, back in uh, the Pelham School System, the town I'm originally from. Well, not originally from, but uh, the town I grew up in. Yeah. And we uh, we had our history of uh, scuffles and... Oh, uh, boy. And communicating yep. poorly to each other to say the least yep. um through elementary and middle school and uh come high school come end of middle school i left the pelham school system he uh i think you stayed in it most of high school right? i stayed at yes that is correct i stayed in it most all the way to sophomore year i transferred to a different school because there was just way too much drama but you were Feel you that. were in the uh pelham education system for what was it fifth grade Seventh. Uh, seventh. I oh, left yeah, after right. seventh grade. You were a little shit. Yeah, I, bro. I re- <laughs> oh, without a doubt. We really had our beef, but look at us now, bro. For real, it's crazy. Um, it's really hilarious. I, I, I first time I met this kid in so long. I'm like, oh god, he's probably gonna like rag on me, and here you are, just like, yo, George, at me up with something. I'm like, oh my god, this is Nate. Yo, yeah, that's what a lot of people realize. Like, dude, the second I started smoking weed when I was younger, that's mm. when I got a chill, got got more chill. Yeah. And um, I haven't. I smoke once in a while these days, but like, I just like that chill vibe. Like, really stayed when I started playing with like psychedelics and mm. started to like understand who I was. Yeah. The introspection is what helped me the most, learning myself and not trying to be someone I'm not. Yeah, it's like I've tried smoking weed a few times. It. It was pretty nice. So, like, basically, um, it's like my girlfriend at the time. She she smokes. Um, she likes smoke some, and it's like she she doesn't smoke like dabs or anything like that. She smokes like flour. Mm-hmm. So there's a huge difference between those two. Like I know people that smoke purely dabs, and their tolerance is fucking through the roof. Yep. It is just insanely cracked, and all they do is just smoke dabs and just sit on a couch and do nothing. Whereas I spoke with my girlfriend and like before a few times ago. Now I, <laughs> the job I work at now, I can't smoke weed. They randomly drug test me, which so like this was like years ago. Yeah, this uh, this was like no, this was at the beginning of the summer when I was in between jobs. Ah, oh, I got and you. I got you. It's like maybe once or twice beforehand. I smoked a few times and it wasn't that bad. But with her, she was describing it to me the fully where. You know, she has a dab pen, but she doesn't really hit it. She just likes smoking straight flour. She only buys straight flour and smokes that. And I kind of saw where she was, like, speaking from in terms of, like, the different effects that you can get from it. It's like, with flour, well, let me, it, with weed, it's everybody's different. So, like, here's here's my fir- here's my experience. So, like, I first started out with a dab pen. That didn't end up well. I was fucking paranoid as shit i greened out and whenever i hit a dab pen i green out but <sighs> when i smoked like flour straight weed it wasn't that bad and i've done i've had a few edibles here and there too they aren't terrible they just make me feel tired feel that but with flour it was like it was nice and calming and relaxing almost that's how uh that's how it is for me and like what not how you said mm-hmm. I was a little shit back in middle school. I can attest to that. Like on my behalf, not just from him. Like I literally like I have a story about like 
I mean, there was a day. Do you do you, how do you care if I like expose some shit I used to do to you? Oh no, you, you right. definitely can't. Yo, ready? So like, it's <laughs> like I think it's like sixth grade. It's or funny because I, I, it's I'm probably not gonna remember some of this stuff, but it, it'll be amazing to just rethink all of this stuff. Because I remember <laughs> there was one day where you came up to me, you're like, George, you I spit, and I'm like, I don't know what that means. So I went up to the teacher. And she got so mad at you. And then you went to the guidance counselor or something. You walked out and you said, I'm sorry. And then the next day you're an asshole. And I'm like, well. Yo, like, dude, literally. (laughs) Yo, I I played this game where I just tell for, like, the first, like, 15, probably, like, the first, like, 16 years of my (laughs) life, I would just tell people what they needed to hear to get them off my back. Mm -hmm. Like, the second second they were gone, I was like, fuck you. I'm going back to doing what I want to do. And, um. So the story I was gonna say was uh I was uh I was like thirteen no, nah, I wasn't thirteen. I think I was eleven years old. It's hard to distinguish it was, ages. It was today. six sixth grade, eleven yeah. years old, and I'm I go up to George in the lunchroom or some shit and I'm like, Yo, George, kill yourself. And oh, I and I uh yeah. I remember I got <laughs> called I got called to the office. Uh I'm look I'm talking to this woman, her name was uh Miss Mahaki and that was her Oh my god and, um, Mahaki in the and tank. Literally <laughs> and um <laughs> so this this woman is like if if he actually did, like, would you have felt bad? I said no. I feel, I'm sorry <laughs> I said that. And then, so she, but basically she was like, oh, did you mean what you said? I was like, uh, I don't know. And she's like, well, if he actually killed himself, would you feel bad? I was like, uh, no. Like, I don't really like you at the time. I was just like, whatever. Now I'm like, I, so eventually in this podcast, he's going to tell his story about what happened to him in his uh, snowboarding accident, mm-hmm. but stay tuned. we both went through some near death experiences and then fast forward like another like six or seven years, we, uh, we reconnect in, uh, when we're both out of high school, I think I was still in, co- I wasn't even in community college at this point. I think I had just finished up. How I think I was turned the sensitivity on this. A tiny bit down. A little down. Yeah, just a little bit down. Um, not to mean to cut you off. Or no, it's all good. That's, I don't. That's I don't think much. I. I don't think I can. Um, no, that's. It's fine right there. It's fine right there. All don't right, worry. cool. Um, As you were saying. So me and George, we this way. We had this <coughs> history in our past, and it was we very extensive. We we eventually met back up, and um. We both reconvened and realized that we had both been through like a near death experience, and it made us mm-hmm. both have such a great appreciation for our lives. And mm-hmm. through that, we learned more about who we are. Yep. Um, let me. There uh, was initially our friend Joseph Seashawn. True. That shout out to Joseph Seashawn. I just asked him if he wanted to get on the podcast like last yeah. night. Yeah, I uh, he hasn't responded yet. He well. I think I I don't remember if I was friends with him before or after the it was before the accident because I was talking to him even before the accident he was talking to me about how he views life and everything around him everything that he perceives kind of like how you did to me and mm-hmm. I was like oh that's fucking crap right yeah. I'm not gonna listen to that and then I call him in the hospital I'm like yo yo what's up and he's like oh my god where are you? and then I I talk with him later on and I'm like wow. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna really start taking advice from him. I haven't talked to him in a bit, but it's like then I connected with you, and you shared with me your experience, and I'm like, oh my god, like yeah, I should really start getting my life together. I like I quit vaping. I I started my eating habits got better. Like you, 
you you definitely shed some light on me and uh, i really appreciated that oh for sure and uh, what you just said like uh, everyone you never know who you're a lighthouse to mm-hmm. you never know who like people are gonna look for you for like mm-hmm. some kind of sense of like hope or like wow like look at what they've been through I like can make i'm going through, through something maybe he would have some wise words to say to me literally and that's dude um my friend luke told me this one time he's like when you meet like old people like try to get like some wisdom out of them like, exactly it's like because i mean i'm sure they would love to share something mm-hmm. Because they went through all these experiences through their lifetime, mm-hmm. and um, I bet you they got some wise words to share exactly. on you, so shed should, some light. It should just be like a walking thesaurus of everybody's personal experiences, because you could relate that to yourself and try to conjure how your future would start to end up with how you would perceive everything in life. Like, I definitely, if I didn't meet, like, you or Joe and... Like, I went through that near-death life experience. I probably wouldn't have the same mental mindset. I probably would because how people grow up in this day and age, like, it kind of forms them, but I wouldn't have the same tools or thought processes to get through some of the situations that we go through in our everyday lives. Like, I wouldn't take things with a grain of salt, be like, oh, well, like how somebody thinks like, oh, well, you know, maybe he's having a bad day instead of just being like an asshole. Like that that sort of concept. Right. Um, yo, can you walk everyone through your um, your yeah. accident? Yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> where to begin? <laughs> I begin with oh. you, you get to the mountain. This is so fucking long ago. Uh, what was this? Why am I asking you? I, I have no I'm clue. <laughs> I've heard. I've only heard the story. I think once, and you never really told me it again. So, um, it was December twenty twenty one, December twenty first to be exact. Um, I went snowboarding with my friend Kate at the time. Uh, it was a height of COVID. They just opened up the snow resorts. I'm like, yo, let's go snowboarding, like. Like, I'm an excited little boy, and we go snowboarding. It was a great day. It was probably 3 in the afternoon. Um, we had a long day of roughing and tumbling. And on a snowboard, like, you, you fall on your ass a lot. You tumble a lot. Like, it's a yep. very physical. My last time going was fucking brutal. Yeah. Brutal, bro. My second time and first time last year, I only mm-hmm. went twice. I, fu- I couldn't stop falling. Yeah, this, the snow was absolute shit, and that's how it was at the mountain, too. That was, like, when snow mountains were starting to get worse because of global boiling going on. Jeez, truth. <laughs> yeah, it's all fake snow now. I remember when it was real. But anyway, um, I was getting towards the bottom of the hill where the ski lifts were. I was breaking with my heels. <coughs> mm, excuse me. I was breaking with my heels, and... My back right or left caught an edge. I did kind of like a um, a forward swing. Uh, I fell on my side, and concept context. Um, my rib broke. It shattered. It pierced my spleen, and at that point in time, I had internal bleeding, grade five injury, to where it was like basically a grape, and you stick a pencil through it. Um, not knowing that at the time, I just thought it was like a rough and tumble, felt a squish. I'm like, oh, well, you know, maybe I just like stretched a bone or bruised a bone. Oh, God, bro. Dude, that yeah. ma- it gives me the fucking shivers yep. when you say I, this. I got back up. I'm like, why is everything going black? 
I sit back down. I'm like, everything's coming back. Okay. Maybe I'm just like, you know, lightheaded or whatever. And then I, get, I stand back up after 30 seconds. Everything's going black. And I'm like, okay, it's something ain't right. I wave over my friend Kate. And this is funny. She thought she was, she thought I was fucking with her. Oh, dude, they always do. Bro, I <laughs> swear they always do. Oh, my God. It's so bad. I'm like waving at her. And she's like, no, come on. And I'm like, Oh, it was like 10 minutes, bro. I took off my helmet. I'm like, I'm fucking, I'm like screaming at her. And then she starts coming over. She's like, once you took your helmet off, like I knew it was serious. And I'm like, that's all I had to fucking do. Literally. <laughs> you thought I was fucking with you? Like, to be fair, like I, I would think the same thing. Yo, but like, it's crazy. Like, yeah. that it's that it's not only like the boy who cried wolf story. Cause like, I don't know if this ever, mm-hmm. I assume this never happened before. Well, I know it never happened before, but I don't like yeah. people don't fake fucking injuries like yeah so like you may like you might just wave someone to come like over and like talk to you but most time like if you stop on a mountain and like in the way you did like you fell like you ate shit really hard yeah. and then like you're fucking you break a rib bro like yeah. oh my god i'm so sorry it's like a, it's i mean it's fair because when you snowboarding it's just like oh you fall on your ass or your side or whatever it's just like i'll oh, get up it's a bruise literally, literally. and it's like that's fair but <laughs> once in a while, shit happens. Like, yeah, it, exactly. Some, like you, and this was once in a while. This was like a very rare occurrence. Literally. And dude, so uh, go through the rest of the story. Like what happens yeah. after you realize like something's so, wrong? I realized something was wrong because I'm like, I can't stand up. Uh, we need to get the paramedics from the tent literally um, like a few hundred feet in front of us, which was very convenient. Thank God. Um, the paramedics came, they were like, what's up? Where's the pain? I'm like, all over my stomach. And they're like, does it here, here, here? Oh, dude. And I'm like, po- they're like poking my stomach. And I'm like, it, it doesn't hurt there. It just hurts everywhere. And they're like, <sighs> so they put me on a stretcher. They bring me to the tent. And then they're like still trying to, you know, decipher what happened to me. They're like, what what happened? They're like poking and I'm like, it hurts everywhere but nowhere. Also it's hurting a little bit more. And they're like, how is it hurting more? And I'm like, it's hurting everywhere, but it's hurting more. Like it's it's hard to describe internal bleeding in your abdomen, I guess. I can only imagine. (laughs) I mean it's well the thing is like you don't have like an outside wound. Yeah, exactly. So like you can't like see like because the pain that you're having is basically all of your organs starting to seize up and like have a little mini seizure and be like, why the fuck is there blood in here? It's it's weird how it operates, but essentially they talk to me, they're like, All right, here's the deal. Do you want us to call an ambulance and like put the whole like ski lodge like the traffic going through it like on haul and have the ambulance come through and take you to the hospital where they'll probably charge you and you will have to call your mom or do you want to just try driving home and i'm just like me being like you know a person who's like guilty all the time i'm like i can try driving home so my friend kate goes to get my truck and then she pulls up with it and then at that point like it's starting to hurt a little bit more i'm like I don't want my mom to be mad that I'm taking an ambulance, but you know, whatever, fuck it. Like, nah, dude, I'm, I, broken imagine, like imagine, like, <laughs> if you didn't take that ambulance exactly. in hindsight. If, if I did not take Dude, oh my, I just got there. the biggest chills when yep. I said that, dude. Literally. Exactly. Oh my God. I still think about that to this day, how I trusted my gut, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to take that ambulance. Dude, it's like, well, instincts in life or death situations yep. can actually be, like, the craziest exactly. thing. Exactly. Yeah. So, 
I they put me in the ambulance. And it was funny, in the ambulance, I was telling them what happened. They're like, oh, weird, you know, what if you pierced an organ or something? I'm like, I, I doubt it. I don't know. Because they were checking my blood pressure. They're like, yeah, it's fucking whack right now. Because I had adrenaline pumping through my whole body. Yep. And. Makes sense. Like, you, my you blood was just spilling out into my stomach, I guess. Oh. And they're like, all right, so. Did so you I was taste blood in your mouth? I did for a little bit. Interesting. I was at Pat's Peak, and they brought me to the Concord Hospital. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so we're at the Concord Hospital. We pull in. They're like, there's no rooms open, so we're just going to put you in the waiting room. And I'm like, what? And they're like, don't worry. We'll put you in a wheelchair because there's no seats in there. I get wheeled into the the waiting room. During the height of COVID, I was looking at the numbers while I was there. It was the height of COVID cases. <laughs> I was sitting in the middle of a room looking like an asshole with people in all of the seats around me wearing masks, and I wasn't. And I'm just sitting there like... <laughs> Dude, <laughs> like wait. Did you still have your snow stuff on? Uh, I had my snow pants on. I didn't have my boots or anything. They all right, I was, I was wondering. All right, they well, haul me there in my snowboard. <laughs> you literally like they just never take any of that shit off. <laughs> exactly, but I was there. They pulled me up to the front counter. My mom also walked in. She's like, "What the fuck?" Because she's Christmas shopping, and she's mad that she had to go out of her way to Concord because she was in Salem Christmas shopping. I don't blame her, bro. Dude, yeah. that's like an hour drive, and yeah. then like. You know, her son's bleeding out. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, she didn't know that at the time. She just thought I had bruised a rib cage or something. She's like, you really fucking called in the ambulance for the, the I'm Christmas shopping here. It's December 21st. It's getting late. And I'm like, I'm in pain, though. And she's like, oh, wait, I, I'm going to wait in the car because I can't be in a waiting room. I'm like, all right. So I get wheeled up to the front. They... Mm, excuse me. They they no take my measurements and then they tried to put me on a scale. They're like, "Can you stand on the scale?" I'm like, "I can't stand up. Everything's gonna go black." And then they're like, "Not try it." And then I did, and everything went black. And they're like, "All right, all right, all right, sit down. We're gonna put you in a pregnancy chair because the hospital's booked." And I'm like, "Let's go." <laughs> put you in a pregnancy chair. Yeah, exactly. I was sitting in a pregnancy. That's probably better chair. for you. Exactly. Probably. You know, it's be more sensitive, maybe. Yeah, but <laughs> I was sitting in the pregnancy chair. I got I got wheeled there. I was sitting in the chair. Uh, I was in so much pain. I was exhausted. The adrenaline was wearing off. Because oh, it was imagine. a long day of snowboarding. I thought the exhaustion was just like, you know, um, or like the more pain and the less adrenaline was just because I was exhausted. Because it was like probably five in the afternoon. It was a little, and we went at the beginning of the day. So I'm like, you know, whatever. More pain is probably because my body's like trying to rest. So I'm about to take a little nap. I'm like, you know, when am I gonna, when am I gonna get checked out by the doctors? And they're like, oh, pretty soon. And then somebody walked in. They're like, do you have your credit card? In? <laughs> Let me see your like, card information. I'm like, can I have some water? And they're like, no. And I'm like, what the fuck, dude? I'm like, sure. Take my, take my. Blue Cross Blue Shield card, and they're like, oh, shit, okay, all right, thank you, and then they walked out, Jeez. and then I'm just sitting in the chair, so I'm sitting in the chair for like an hour, um, <coughs> I was spacing in and out of, it was like an hour and a half to two hours, I was sitting in that chair, I was spacing in and out of consciousness, basically, I was taking little naps and then waking up, um, 
like in more and more pain and i'm just like you know my body's resting it's probably just like little did i know i was bleeding more and more and more internally and getting oh. closer and closer to god's doorstep oh god to which god. i was at one point i fell asleep for 10 minutes and turns out i was like it felt like I was asleep for an hour. It was the most comfortable sleep I've ever felt, and I do not want to experience that ever again. I bet you it was like more like coma kind of sleep. Exactly, like, like, yeah. Oh, and dude. it was the one thing that woke me up was because my my phone was on my lap, and my mom was calling me. She's like, she called me, and I like, she was texting me the whole time. She was like, "Are you in a room?" Because she kept texting me, and I kept waking up, and the. The I kept whenever I kept falling asleep, it felt more comfortable. And then when I woke up, I was in more pain. Like imagine somebody had a nail gun, like a thousand nail guns to your stomach, just like stapling away. Oh my gosh, bro, dude! <laughs> I it was the worst pain I've ever felt in my entire. I'm so sorry, cause like I I, I like I I can imagine that it fucking hurts, bro. Mm -hmm. It fucking yeah, hurts. it was it was brutal. So I. My, I fell asleep for 10 minutes in what felt like an hour, and it was such an experience. And uh, I got a phone call from mom. It woke me up. I woke up. I was sweating bullets. My hands looked white, and I'm just like, okay. Like, I'm going to uh, – I'm in a lot of pain. I'm going to call for a nurse because I'm like, the hospital is overbooked. I'm not going to, like, keep begging the nurses, like, hey, I'm in more pain. So I'm like – I'm like, this is a good excuse to press the big red call button on my remote, isn't it? Oh, so my God, it. dude. It's so crazy. <laughs> it's so crazy. Like, dude, you're literally, like, on your deathbed. And you're exactly. like, yeah, like, let me, let me call for I'm a like, nurse. I didn't want to be an asshole and just, like, have people rushing around trying to be like, oh, this what do you have to? What do you have to say to people who, like, who are scared to call, like, in that situation? Like, what would you tell them? Be like, yo, like stop being a bitch and like get help it's like, like we're trying to give we're trying to help somebody give birth like stop calling for our help like we'll get to you dude it was oh i didn't want to i didn't want to be a dick but dude, it's crazy I, I decided to be a dick and press the call button <clears throat> to that point where i was on one end of the hospital i was in a corner bed or mm -hmm. in a corner room so i could see down the entire hallway i saw a nurse come around she was like walking down she lifts her head to see me and then her her mouth goes like wide open, and she runs at me, and she's like, "Your blood pressure sixty over twenty. How are you alive?" Yeah, and bro, I'm, like, I, I'm. Uh, oh my left. gosh, dude! And they're like, "We need to get you into trauma." And then they like put an IV in me. Uh, I didn't feel lightheaded anymore because I finally had like stuff flowing into my system. And then they put. <coughs> They put, um, they're like, how much pain are you in? And I'm like, tons. And doctors were, like, coming around me. I had 12 doctors around me at one point. One of them told me before they took me to an ultrasound and saw that I was internally bleeding. They're like, he, he has internal bleeding. Like, you have to give him fentanyl. So they gave me 25 micrograms of fentanyl in the arm, to which I did not feel it at all. So they stuck it in my neck. Oh, my God, bro. Imagine just, like, I stabbing a needle. the maximum amount that wouldn't kill a person. I was, I completely understand why people are addicted to that stuff. Yeah, dude, I bet you, you felt, like, euphoric. Like, I it felt was like done. the beginning of the song Wolves by Kanye West. <laughs> dude, that is such a great Ooh. way to description. It was exactly <laughs> that. <'Cause> I, <laughs> I was in trauma. They were, like, 
uh, do you have any family you can call? And I'm like, my mom's in the parking lot. And they're like, do you, do, okay. They snuck my mom in. They're like, we're not supposed to do this because COVID, but your son is internal bleeding. We're going to rush him into surgery. He might have liver damage. And then she was like, what? Yeah, dude, I'd be like, my mom would freak the fuck she out, was, bro. She went from, like, pissed sitting in a parking lot that got broken ribs to my son is on his deathbed. Like, what? Yeah, Just no, like that. dude, I, well, that's how fast it happens. And, like, yeah. dude, it's so crazy. I Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. They Just had, continue. They had the ultrasound on my stomach. They're like, look at all that blood. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> oh I'm just God. like, oh, look at that. And they're like, this kid needs blood. They put four units in me, and they're like, this kid needs more blood. Why does he need more blood? And they got the ultrasound. I put it in my stomach, and they're like, oh, your spleen is, like, exploded, <laughs> man. And I'm like, what? Dude, what is a spleen? Dude, what is I'm a like, spleen? I'm what is a spleen? I've heard it from a comic somewhere. And they're like, you might have liver damage, too. And I'm like, huh? So they rushed me into surgery. <coughs> and I saw my mom on the way because they snuck her in. And I'm like, sorry, couldn't go Christmas shopping, Mom. And she's like, oh, no, no, it's fine, it's fine. Right. Like, you know, she she completely switched, and I'm just like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but they rushed me into the surgery room. They plopped me on the metal bed, and then they stuck me with a an- – no, that's funny. I saw the anesthesi- anesthesiologist mm-hmm. on the way to the surgery room. They're like, hey, I'm the anesthesiologist. Pleasure to meet you. Shook my hand. They're like, I'm going to – I'm in charge of knocking you out for the uh, surgery. And I'm like, I'm like fucking – my brain is like – has like a quarter – like blood funk like flowing through it so at the moment i'm just like you know first thing comes to mind you're the you're the person that's gonna put me to sleep can you give me like a good amount of shit and then he laughed (laughs) (laughs) i'm like can you give me can you give me a lot (laughs) can you give me a lot make sure i'm really asleep he's like i'm gonna make sure you're really asleep and i'm like no doctor a lot <laughs> a lot, like we, I'm in a lot of pain, mm-hmm. bro. But we went into the surgery room. They plopped me on a on the desk, and then they like <laughs> on a arm. desk, bro, dude. They, it was like a big metal table, they, dude. They, it sounds so like I well, they picked know. me up. They just like you know, like right on the desk, essentially. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm just like sitting. I'm just, like like laying there naked, like an asshole. I'm just like waiting for the anesthesia to like go through my system. They're like, "Do you feel it?" And I'm like. No, I don't fit. Yeah. I fell asleep. It was like, you know how, like, you're watching a video and then, like, blocks come out of nowhere and just, like, stuff moves to the next scene? It's like my whole vision was that. It was so funny. Dude, that's crazy. But the surgery was quick. It was, uh, like, four to six hours or something like that. I woke up to a tap on the shoulder and this is going to feel weird. I'm like, huh? They pulled out the catheter. They told me after that, they were like, all right, you're awake. Okay, good. We had to put eight units of red blood cells, three units of plasma, one unit of platelets, or platelets in you. Uh, you had a grade five spleen injury. Your liver is fine, but you are immunocompromised now, so we have to give you these shots. And uh, you were a few millimeters away from your lungs. So you're very, 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 extremely, very lucky to be alive, especially how you quintessentially died in that pregnancy chair. And I'm like, oh, what now? 
Yeah, quintessentially I'm like, died. I'm like, I'm like, I had pain in my shoulders, and they're like, yeah, you were septic, but, like, we gave you an oil change, and I'm like, ah, okay, cool, cool, so. You were septic. Define, like, what they mean by, like, you were septic. Like. So septic is essentially when you have actual shit running through your whole body. So. That's what I had a feeling, but, like, yes. I didn't want... So. I, so the spleen holds on <laughs> to the bad blood. It filters all the bad blood out of the system. Oh. I had bad blood everywhere in my body. Oh, my God. It's so blood. gross. I had really toxic stuff around my whole body. And um, I got a whole un- I got a whole oil change. I think I read somewhere that like 12 uh, units of red blood cells are in a person's body at a time. So I'm like, hey, holy shit. Damn. Yeah. <clears throat> but I was in the hospital for... Three days. I was discharged on the twenty fourth of December. Nice, just in time doc- for Christmas. Yeah, exactly. I was. That was my goal. The the doctors were like, I don't know how the fuck you were able to get out in three days when people are supposed to be here for weeks. And I'm like, young boy, you know, you just sliced down the center of my stomach. Like it's, I'm nineteen. I was nineteen at the time. I'm like, I'm nineteen. Like eating a chicken sandwich for dinner every single night. Of course, I'm gonna heal quickly. <laughs> and right. drinking insures like up the wazoo. But it's like the first day I they kept giving me oxy the entire time in the hospital and it just made me high. It did not take the pain away. I asked for painkillers. They gave me acetaminophen and um some melatonin because I could not sleep at all. Oh, I bet. Yeah, it was it was brutal. It was um No sleep, just pain. Yep. Yeah, it I, was it was all pain. It was those three days. That reminds me of me. when I the first couple of days after I got my appendix out. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was like that. Finally, yeah, like three so four, I could finally. You sleep know again. how when an appendix bursts. Yep. It, and that's basically you can become septic from that. That's too. like the. I feel like that's like the stomach shit though. Like the yeah. bi- the the waste from the. stomach. I feel like that stuff isn't as toxic, but it's like. They're like you had internal bleeding for three and a half hours. I don't know how the fuck you were able to like be here for that long. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, bro, it's crazy. But, um, the first day I couldn't do anything. I was I was just like I'm tired. The second day I was able to walk to the bathroom by myself, and then from there I was able to just like walk freely. I needed help with a nurse at the beginning of the day, and then I was able to walk freely after that. Third day, I was able to go up and downstairs to where they're like, you can go home. And um, also, the thing with the surgery, they plopped my intestines on a table and my liver on a table, and they moved my lungs out to the side. So I had to relearn how to breathe, basically. And they said, if I don't shit, for a week to get back in <laughs> Yo, what, dude? <laughs> Yo, wait. T- they, so they, they took your liver and your, like, intestines, like, out yeah, of your they body? Yeah, t- they took it out. They are just, like, you know, on the table. Just, like, you know, we have to move it out of the way. Because the spleen is underneath your left lung, basically. And they had to, they they got, like, they put their hands in there. They just, like, you know, spread my shit out to the side, like butterfly almost. And oh, God, bro. They, t- they grabbed it out. It was like a fist. And <coughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, the bone was shattered, too. I think they glued it all back together. But wow, I had to relearn so how to really breathe. And they said my digestive tract is different. So if I don't poop for a week, they have to go back in there to where I was on the toilet every single night for like a week and a half just like stressed out but i was able to poop after a week and a half and i was like okay no that's good bro i can't even imagine like 
Well, dude, it was like, ugh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, that's probably, like, one of the gnarliest injuries you can have. Mm-hmm. Like, a f- completely ruptured spleen. Well, I mean, with, so, my surgery, it's a gigantic line on my stomach, right? Yep. It goes, it, it's funny, it goes around my belly button, too. Um, sure, it looks good if you have abs, and it's like, I have some, and I try to, um... Well, yeah, bro, they cut through your abdominal yeah, muscle. Cu- like, they yeah, cut through the whole fucking... Yeah, that muscle. Dude, you're, yeah. I mean, getting cut through an entire <laughs> muscle, like, dude, if someone did that to me, I couldn't even imagine. I can't even... Yeah. I can't... I almost had a hernia a few times from that, too. Dude, I... Fuck, I'm so sorry to hear that. It's it's sucky, and that, that's why I started going to the gym, too. I didn't really believe in it until that point, because I'm like, I need to get my muscles back. And I'm like, my biceps look cool. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, the that. thing is, I have a fast digestive system, so, you know, I don't really gain muscle. I'm just, like, super fucking lean. I have no body fat. So, like, I'm always skinny, and whenever, like, I went to the beach a few times, too. And it's just, it got to the point where whenever I took my shirt off in public. I didn't want people to look at me. I got very self-conscious. I didn't want people to think I was, like, you know, pregnant or anything like that. Like, just had a baby or something like that, a C-section or something stupid. Because you you don't really look at a guy in today's society and see a gigantic line down the center of their stomach going around their belly button and be like, hey, they had a surgery. Well, I mean... Like, you'd be like, did they fucking give birth to somebody? Like, it's... Uh, maybe. I, I don't know. I don't think that. But I yeah. think that's you that thinks that. I don't... It's it's a self-conscious thing, sure. Without a doubt. But it's like, it's the placement of it is weird. It's not like, you know, like a tiger scratch across your stomach where it's going diagonally or anything. It's just in the middle of your stomach going straight down. Literally. Starting with like underneath your tits almost halfway through. Yeah, like your sternum to like yep. down, <coughs> I don't know, like sacral root mm-hmm. chakra area. And that shit makes you self-conscious. It made me self-conscious for the longest time. It still oh, I does bet. somewhat, but. <laughs> the ladies don't complain. <laughs> Dude, I, I bet you they think it's gnarly as fuck. No, they think it's gnarly, but I'm just like... Uh, does it ever um, hurt these days? It doesn't hurt. It stopped hurting f- like half a year after the surgery. That's uh, t- Although when I still... When I'm in the gym sometimes and I'm trying to like work the muscle, sometimes the pain comes... Like the abs area? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I feel that. I uh, It took me... When I got my appendix out, I mean, an appendix is, like, nothing compared mm-hmm. to, like... You should you should tell your appendix story. Oh, I want to ap- hear your appendix story. All right, the appendix story was, like, the first time, like, I didn't even get... I didn't get that <laughs> close to death, but I definitely, like... I mean, appendicitis is, like, it's pushing it. Mm-hmm. Um, So, I, like... It's, like, a... I think it's a Saturday morning. It's the Saturday before February vacation of 2020. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like, hot, we I have my last... Uh, high school hockey game coming up that week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and things are great, except things are not great. In hindsight, when I look back at this time, I was very depressed. I had just broken up with one of the girls that was like I was pretty in love with, and I had just like left her. Um, sorry, Sophie. And <laughs> and um, Sophie. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so. Uh, I uh, I had just left her. I was like, I was on nicotine so hard. I was ripping the jewel every like five <laughs> minutes of every day, mm-hmm. and like it was just a gnarly addiction. I, I was smoking a things. smoking a lot of weed. Um, everything was just like it. I was as like fucked up as I could get, 
and it was like I was having a time of my life. And then all of a sudden, like I woke up this Saturday and had like a bunch of stomach pain, and I was wondering like, oh shit, like this isn't right. Let me eat some food. Maybe I'm hungry. Well, I ate some food, and five hours later, I still felt like my stomach was like hurting, and I was like, interesting, interesting. I wonder, uh, I wonder what's up. So I go to a the walk-in clinic with my dad in town, and um, they're they're feeling me out, and they're like, yeah, like we don't actually have anything to check this out for sure, but it like it might this be like ulcers from stress, it might be <laughs> appendicitis. Or you, you might just have like a pretty bad stomach ache. Maybe you have a food. You maybe got food poisoning or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so they gave me a few things, and um, basically they were like, "Yeah, the rule out like anything bad, I would go to another um, walk-in clinic that can mm-hmm. give you an ultrasound." I'm and, still um, listening. So I go to uh, I we me and my dad drive all the way up to like uh, Londonderry. Yep, and mm-hmm. um, we go to this place and. Um, we finally get there, and we talk to them, and they're like, yeah, we don't have an ultrasound um, either. And they're like, oh, fuck. All right. So, finally. You went from hospital to hospital. Was this all in the same day? Yep. So oh, we, my God. So, we go. This That's is, a long day. Dude, you have no clue. It didn't start till like, 12 o'clock. Dude, I, I, I get surgery that same day. Dude, it's crazy, like, how mm-hmm. it progresses. So, I, um. <coughs> I go to this, like, walk-in, like, ho- it's more like a hospital. The walk-in was the first one. Then I go to Londonderry. Londonderry, like, they feel me, but they say, like, oh, we don't actually have an ultrasound, but the doctor who saw me was like, yo, like, I'm pretty sure you have appendicitis because, like, when I push in on your – when I, I, he would push in on my left side right below your, like, floating rib a little bit lower. Mm-hmm. Um, you push in, and on the let out – it would hurt my right side, which is where my appendix is. Mm-hmm. And um, he uh, he was like, that's like a clear sign of appendicitis. Um, you should go get an ultrasound. And I was like, really? And what do I have to do that? He's like, you have to go to the hospital at this point. So I go to uh, St. Joseph's in Nashua. Mm-hmm. And um, Jesus. literally, so I go from uh, Pelham to Londonderry to Nashua now. It's mm-hmm. like we didn't get to this hospital until like – six o'clock probably maybe seven it was like starting it was like almost sundown mm. and um we're uh I'm, I'm waiting in the waiting room for probably like an hour maybe two which isn't terrible i've waited way longer for organ failure yeah dude that was crazy i'm I, when i tell you that story you're gonna shit a brick or something dude like that that's was a, it yeah, was so gnarly for another day we could talk about our organ failures oh my god literally so i um the appendicitis i I go and I finally get looked at and um they I go into a like a room they do the ultrasound and then they're like yeah you're um you're def- you definitely have appendicitis we are going to need to basically I'm waiting in the I'm in the emergency room with my parents, and doctor comes in, and he's like, so here are your choices. We have this new experimental drug we can give you and see if it makes you feel better, or you can get the the, the trustworthy surgery. And I was like, oh, so take a random pill, or I can get this shit removed. <laughs> um, let, me, let me evaluate real quick. Uh, pharmaceuticals, just like more drugs, um, random, don't know. It's still in like clinical trials. Mm. Um, but they were like, yeah, like it would be a good case to like try it out with. 
with, and I was like, I, I don't a cash reward for something. Like I don't, I don't want to be like your guinea pig and die from your pill. <laughs> so yeah. um, I'm gonna go with the surgery because I know it's a pretty easy surgery for them. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have had appendicitis, yeah. so I uh, I go to surgery and um. They they're like, all right, sounds good. I sign off my life, and um, we're we're waiting. <laughs> Dude, you literally like you sign a contract saying like, oh, if the hospital fucks up my surgery and I die, I, they're not liable. And so literally, you sign off your life, and you wait in the emergency room for surgery. And um, I'm waiting in the emergency room for hours. They said it should be like two hours. And the doctor that was going to do my uh, my my surgery is it currently in surgery. And then two hours goes by, and they're like, oh, they're still in surgery. Another two hours goes by. Now it's like 12 a.m. And, um, nah, it's like 11 p.m. And they come back in, they're like, yeah, there's been, like, severe complications in his in the current surgery. Like, they're not going to – he's not going to be ready for you for a little bit. Sorry for the wait. And, um – like the so the doctor before me like whatever person was on that operating cable was getting fucked up like dude like it was not going right for this doctor and like i can't even imagine like imagine being on the operating table and all of a sudden like it's like fuck 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 like code black like kind of <laughs> shit like dude it's like no nah, we we don't want this shit so um I'm now I'm waiting for surgery and the doctor I'm either I'm thinking well either this doctor's a fucking idiot and doesn't know what he's doing or this person's really fucked up mm-hmm. I'm gonna hope the person's just fucked up and the doctor knows what he's doing because he's about to cut me open too mm-hmm. and um so he uh <laughs> he cut he finally the nurse finally comes in at like it's like 1 a.m 12 12 a.m I think it was like 1 a.m meanwhile my parents went out to eat at like eleven, they this went to McDonald's to <laughs> grab food, and um, and the second they left, I started ripping my jewel in the emergency room, waiting for surgery. Dude, I, as soon as like I could, I would yeah. rip Nick. Like I was so I was so addicted, and like, dude, it was just crazy, like how bad my addiction was. And I swear to this day, I think part of the reason I had to get my appendix out was because of my excess use of substances. Specifically, like, nicotine and, like, all the bullshit that comes from it. I think that was, like, my body, the appendix, like, it. it's basically <laughs> used as, like, a, a waste storage. And yeah. so, like, you can get out some of the most toxic probably, things. Like, propylene glycol and all the other bad shit. Literally, bro. Dude, it's, I, I don't even know. That's yeah. the thing, like, and I, uh. They say it doesn't really have a function now, but I think it does. If it didn't have a function, it obviously wouldn't get inflamed like that. So it's doing something. It's not this like they're doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get into surgery at like 1 a.m. And uh, everything's cool. Like anesthesiologist is nice. Everything's chill. They I prep real quick. Then I say goodbye to my parents. And then I go. <laughs> <laughs> like Yeah, I, I literally was just like, fuck it. Like if I die, I die. Like mm. it came over. <laughs> and um. I, like, do my thing, I'm, I'm ready for surgery, and, like, they wheel me into the room, and, uh, I, I don't, they didn't put me on, a, I don't even remember, like, at this point, like, I was so, like, fucked up, dude, like, I, I, like, I wasn't high, but, like, I was, it felt like I was on, like, a new level, mm-hmm. like, I, I don't know, I think th- they gave me some painkillers, but it wasn't anything crazy until after. It was maybe like some, like a microdose of fentanyl. No, they, I think they only gave me like a acetaminophen. It wasn't terrible, the pain. It, it was, was probably like the immediate acting one. Yeah, it was, well, when after the surgery was way worse. When I got out of surgery, 
um, I it was like two thirty three a.m. Mm. like the same day like that. I I didn't go to the walk in till like twelve p.m. that day, and by like three a.m. like going into the next day now, I'm like. I just got operated on, and I just got out of surgery. Literally, like, it was such an emergency surgery. Like, they said, like, I couldn't have waited much longer, like, or it would have ruptured. Yeah, that shit you should not put off at all. Literally. And once again, it's, like, my intuition of, like, nah, Dad, I think we should go to the hospital. Like, I think this might be kind of bad. I don't feel like this is a stomach ache. Like, I've never felt this pain before. Yep. And um, And it's just listening to your gut feeling. Literally. We both listen to our gut feeling. We're still both alive. Dude, that's the truth, and um, it's crazy. Life is like life and death, bro. It's Mm -hmm. crazy stuff. And um, and you want to know? It's funny too. When I got home, I think it was maybe like a week, two weeks later. I got a card from Pat's Peak, and it was like, "Hope you had a good time skiing on that day." And I was just like, "Wow, man, fuck you." (laughs) I hope you had a good time skiing. Yeah, exactly. It's like. Thank you. It's like glad you're feeling better. And I'm like, dude, I'm gonna <laughs> Yeah. Don't make me come down there. I'm like, I'm still gonna come there next year. I went snowboarding the next year. I was perfectly fine. I I, t- I was talking to the doctor who's taking the staples out of my body in January, February. And I'm like, so <coughs> I'm like, so when can I go snowboarding? <laughs> They're like, maybe next year. And I'm like, Yeah, but you said a few months though, right? Like, can I go snowboarding? <laughs> And they're like, I, I don't, I don't think it's a good idea. And I'm like, all right, April, come on. <laughs> like, come on, let's only go. I'm like, I just bro. bought a new snowboard last year, bro. I want to use it. I waxed it and everything for this year. Facts. But yeah, it was. I started going to the gym after that. I started feeling great. Um, still do to this day. But I met you through Joe after that whole time happened, and we kind of bonded over sharing those stories, and it was kind of wholesome and cute in a way dude when i got out of surgery yeah. they like the, i woke up and i felt so high it was uh-huh. crazy like higher than any drug I'd i ever woke taken. up and i felt so gro- like the groggiest i've ever felt in my life dude i just felt like euphoria and then yeah. I, they told me they gave me hydrocodone <laughs> and i didn't yep. find out until yep. later that's oxy and yep. then i'm like all right um they send me home with a bottle of them and i get home and my i'm like dad like i'm so addicted to nicotine already i like <laughs> i can't i can't take these mm-hmm. and i i like i ended up not and i smoked weed and i remember i'm i'm down in the basement where I, we're down in my like studio right now um and where i'm out in the unfinished part and i'm just like out that back door smoking and my dad comes down and he like looks at me and he just looks so fucking disappointed and i look at him and i say what would you rather me do take the pills and he literally just didn't know what to say like he was just like yeah like take the pills like don't don't i like he that's a different experience for me he despised weed and he still does like he's just he just thinks Mm -hmm. it's like terrible it was like i was trying to work on quitting at the time and i was able to quit for a good amount of time until my friend got me back into it on my birthday where he was like let's go get a cigar from the store it's like all right and then he's like all right i got a vape and i'm like oh shit here we go again but before that because i I told i told my buddies because i'm like the my i have to relearn how to breathe i feel like i'm breathing through paper bags and they're like okay we all quit as a group and then my buddy nick relapsed (coughs) Which we all kind of relapsed. Actually, you don't have to say. Yeah, but um, um, we basically, 
They gave me Oxy in the hospital. Like I said, I didn't like it. It just made me high. It didn't help with the pain at all. And if anything, it didn't help me sleep either. Like, I was just, like, sitting there just, like, high. I'm like, I, I really hate this. Like, I can't even, like, focus on, like, watching a movie or anything like that. And they they were, like, <laughs> I was like, give me a pseudomedifin. And they're like, are you sure? Like, are you positive? I'm like, dude, I, I don't like Oxy. And they're like, why are you going to get addicted to it? And I'm like, dude, it's not helping. And then I was being discharged from the hospital. They're like, because, oh, also, the entire the entire time I was in the hospital, my parents couldn't come see me. I was just there by myself. It was the height of COVID. So anytime the doctors came in, I was like, I called my mom on the phone. I'm like, hey, doctors are here to talk. And when I was getting discharged and my parents were coming to pick me up, they were like, all right, so we want to send him home with Oxy. And my, my mom was like, yeah, sure. And it's like, I signed a thing that says, like, you know, like, I promise not to get addicted or, like, not to the hospital for getting an addiction from it. I'm like, I, I'm not even going to take any of these. I got home. My mom's like, just, like, try one to, like, see if it'll help with the pain. I'm like, I'll fucking try it, but I know it's not going to help with the pain. And sure enough, I was high. And sure enough, I did not take any more because I'm like, it did not help at all. And it's I don't get why people are addicted to those. Dude, mine. Personally. Well, I mean, it's the they get addicted. I can see how there's an addiction. For first, it. they want to first they want to continue to get that high feeling you just yeah. talked about, and then second, they like there's there forms a chemical dependency yeah, and exactly. a dopamine deficiency. And it's like for everybody, it's different because they're like big farmers. Like, oh well, you'll get an addiction if your family has an addiction to drugs or alcoholism. And alcoholism runs in my family. It's like yeah, I picked up nicotine and. From there, like, I have a caffeine, <coughs> you could say I have a caffeine addiction, sure, like, I drink coffee every single morning, I like it, it's not bad, but, like, I was addicted to nicotine a bunch, um, weed didn't really affect me at all, wasn't really into that, um, never tried, like, shrooms or anything like that, um, it was really just nicotine. It's like, I, I, I'm I 21, I drink, sure. It's like, I'll have like a drink like once a week or something like that, or in a social aspect. I'm not an alcoholic where I'm like, I need it when I get home. Sure, I had it with nicotine, but it's like with drugs? Like, um, yeah, with dude. Oxy? I never really understood that. It's just like, uh, for me, it was that like, because it's different for every person. I, I already really saw how it. I was on. I already saw <laughs> how I was on nicotine. Like the fact I couldn't stop ripping my jewel in the hospital, waiting to get surgery, made me realize like, wow, if I like take these pills, like the pills are gonna take me. Like that's like yeah. it. It will be that way. And like, I, I just like I remember how if good you didn't. It, if it you felt weren't good to smoking me. at all, and you had to go in for that surgery and you had to take those pills if you if you didn't take drugs at all if you're a pure christian and you took those pills the uh, the oxy after the surgery do you think you would have been addicted oh without a doubt dude if i didn't have weed at home it like i remember like i, I i'm walking out of the hospital and um <coughs> there, there's a drug there's a give back center and mm -hmm. um and I remember talking to my dad, being like, yo, like, I think I should just give these back. Like, I can just smoke at home. And he's like, no, just bring them home just in case. And I ended up bringing them home. I, I think I ended up flushing them. I don't remember exactly. Mm -hmm. But I know, like, I either 
threw them away or flushed them. I know you're not supposed to throw pills away. Yeah. And you're also not even supposed to flush them, but flushing them is better than uh, throwing them away. Just mm-hmm. letting y'all know. It's um, like, I I think I still have mine. They're, like, in the cabinet. They gave me, like, a bottle of, like, 50 or something like that. Dude, I, there's no way. There's, pr- there's four. <coughs> there's no well, way. <laughs> they cut open my chest muscle, and it's like, I, I had to stay. I was, like, glued to home. I didn't leave my house until March, and that was, like, when I had to go to the hospital to get my staples out. I didn't leave my house at all. But they gave me, like, a bottle of 50, and I know for a fact there's going to be 49 in that bottle somewhere, even if it's in my house somewhere, because I don't even, I, I, we lost it. Like, we didn't even, like, care. Where I was like, Mom, I don't like this. She's like, all right, it's going in the cabinet. It's going in the medicine cabinet. Exactly. That's what they do. Um, Yo, dude, like, I don't know how to say it but i'm really glad you're still alive i'm really glad you're still alive too because i i I, like i said earlier like i I literally definitely some things we we have taught each other with our past life experiences and our how that formed and shaped our mental capacities to perceive different situations and have different conflicts of thought and how we can perceive emotions and everyday situations differently. Because you look at something differently than, than I do, and vice yep. versa. And it's like, sure, you can agree on some things that, that like, I can't and vice versa, but <coughs> we've still been through a lot of shit, and we can still understand each other, and I think that's what's important. Oh, without a doubt. Dude, so what you just said, do you think the entire world is capable of that? Like, to, like, just, like, we've all been through shit, and, like, you, you can't necessarily compare directly, but you can empathize that, like, other people have been through similar shit. I'd like to think, but I wouldn't like to put my money on it. I got you. I'd like, I'd, I'd like to think that some people have a similar understanding, but... <coughs> Some people would be, or some people would be selfish about it, and they'd make it all about themselves. How do you get rid of that egocentric view? Mm-hmm. How, exactly. What do you, what do you like? What do you do to like get rid of that like view of like people? You're thinking like, ah, oh, it's like me. Like, do you think near death experiences are like the key to like bringing people to like this realization that like yeah. people are gonna go through similar shit or exactly? Like, y- yeah, so. That's, I honestly have a very similar view. I feel like it's, uh, I feel like the more shit you go through, the, and the harder life gets, like. The better person it makes you. Literally. I think, I think the best way is oftentimes the hard way, because when shit gets handed to you, Mm -hmm. like, if you, like, if you have a silver spoon in your mouth all your fucking Mm -hmm. life, you're probably gonna have a hard time, like. Doing the things that you need to do when it comes time to like grow up mm-hmm. and mature. When I was in the hospital, I'm like, I'm 19 and I'm doing a lot of the same shit and I need to change a lot of this. And I'd like to think it changed me completely as a person with mental status. Like, you know, it obviously changed me. Whenever I get sick now, I'm like fucking glued to my bed. I had COVID for a week, I was fine. I had a sniffle, I didn't feel like shit. But I had the flu for two months, buddy, and it fucking sucked. <laughs> oh, my god! I was in my bed. I was, I was like, because if I get a fever, I have to go to the hospital. And it's just, whenever I get sick now, I can have the fever and the chills every five seconds switch like that. <clears throat> I'm so sorry. It's insane. COVID, I was fine. I just, like, stayed in my room. 
playing games. I felt lazy. I was like, I want to go to the gym. Did you get your vaccines? <coughs> yeah, I got my pneumococcal vaccines. I got... I meant COVID one. I don't oh, yeah, my COVID ones. vaccines. Yeah, well, I mean, like, these two hot nurses came in. They're like, we're going to have to shoot these in your ass. And then they're, like, poking them. They're, like, trying to get the fat. They're like, there's not a lot here. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. And then they're all laughing. There's <laughs> not, not a lot here. <laughs> there's not a lot. I don't, I don't know where to poke here. That's not going to be bone. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. I'm I, in pain here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me stick this shot in your ass. No, there's not a lot to go into. Um, Yo, I want to say thank you for coming on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, Is there anything the you wanted to shout out? Uh, I know you take some great photos, uh, photographer. Oh, yeah. I um, do some great photos. If anybody wants great photos, just shoot me a DM if anything like that. So what but What do they DM on Instagram? Uh, yeah, so <coughs> my Instagram is there goes George. Like, there he goes. All one word. There, there goes, goes George. George. All right. Because I, I got it from a friend. He was what I was... We're all, like, hanging out in the field, and then he threw a ball. I was running to go get it. He's like, oh, there goes George. And I'm like, that's genius. So I honestly I really it. like it, too. Dude, when I saw it, like, yeah, I was like, was, yo, this is Here comes fire. George, but I was like, there goes George is a lot better. No, nah, there goes George is a lot mm-hmm. better. Um, and then my, my photography Instagram was just, like, mictography, which is the first, last three letters of my name. Mictography. So, yeah. M-I-C-H. No, just M-I-C-tography. Photography, like T-O. Play on words, yeah. Mictography. All right. I also got my gym account, George Does Gym, but gym is like the name gym. Like George Does J-I-M, because I thought it was funny. <laughs> I think it's funny, too. Not going to lie. <laughs> but other than that, I'm just a wholesome guy. Yes, um, you are, bro. Dude, yeah, hopefully yeah. I'll be on again. Yeah, I, I got work in the morning and I'm exhausted. Yeah, that's why I decided to cut this. Uh, yeah, cut this where it was, dude. We oh were gonna no, do it. It's a, a pleasure to be on. Don't worry, dude. We were gonna do a half hour. We ended up being here for an hour. It's crazy <laughs> what happens. Yo, it's crazy when you're talking about death, right? Yo, um, thank you all for listening. And if there's something I really want to take away from this, it's that you should be grateful for your life. But even more importantly. When it comes down to make those big decisions that no one can make for you besides you, like me choosing to get that ultrasound and choosing to go Mm -hmm. to the hospital and George choosing to get that ambulance ride, like Mm -hmm. those are the things you have to really be able to make those choices about. Trusting your gut isn't always a bad idea. And that's why (laughs) I am going to go back to college one day and... It's not going to be now, and it's probably not. It's not going to be next semester either. But I'm, I'm feeling like next year will be the year. This year, I'm going to get my TEDx talk, and I'm going to talk to you all about vaping. And not only the, I'm not going to. The story of organ failure all has to do with vaping, mm-hmm. and um, the, it's the consequence to how much I used mm-hmm. and how much I abused my body. Y'all so, uh, stop that shit. Yo, for so real, bad. dude. Like, I don't know a single person who's <laughs> telling you, yeah, you should start vaping. Like, dude, it's the truth. Um. It's just how it goes. Mm-hmm. Make good choices, everyone. The choices good you choices. make determine the path you take. Stay in drugs. Don't do school. <laughs> he didn't mean that. <laughs> all right. Nah, th- but y- y'all got this. For I real. Thank you all for listening, and have a great rest of your day. Guided spiritual. Oh, yeah.